This week on Erotic Awakening. Leatherheart! Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. This week on the show, we are going to be speaking with Miss Kiki from the Leather Heart Foundation, as well as Steve Lenius, author of Life, Leather, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Nice. So we have a lot of leather coming up in the show today, but we got to get through a lot of other stuff first. We do, we do. Well, for example, the house is a wreck. The house is a wreck? Well, look, we got folding uh, chairs laying around and coffee cups. But it's in a wreck. Everything around it is nice and clean. I don't want people to think I have a dirty house. <laughs> <laughs> I work every day on this house. But yes, we have a pile of stuff in the middle of the dining room. And that is because we are getting ready to leave for the camping event Woodstocks. Yes. We are leaving in um, about two days. Well, thir- yeah. So about two days. And it starts on Thursday. So we'll be there when it gets started. And it's in Western PA, just a little bit south of Pittsburgh. Yep. We'll be spending uh, four days out there. And as I said, it's a camping event. And um, it should be a lot of fun. We'll be teaching two classes, I believe. Talk Naughty is one of them. And I believe Sensual Spanking is the other. Well, I can't beat that. That sounds no. like a fun weekend just on its own. I like that one. Sensual Spanking. Well, Talking Naughty, Talking Dirty is a good one, too. Talk, talking Naughty is one of our... Uh, <laughs> Recently been one of our most popular classes and has been a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. I've uh, categorized certain classes that we do as overflow classes. Talking naughty is one of those classes where the room just overflows Flows, with people. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're trying to yell naughty bits out into the hallway and it's just not appropriate. <laughs> you know, just uh, a couple of days ago, we had Sarah Sloan in town and that toy party you've been talking about finally happened. It finally happened. So we had a good crowd here at our place mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun. So I hear. No, you weren't allowed to be <laughs> no, here. No. So, But we did have Sarah Sloan in. She was our consultant, and she kind of like stopped by on her way to Canada. And then we had two people come down from Cleveland, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And then we had two podcast listeners from... Michigan, I believe. Michigan, I think that's where it was. Yep. So Jody and Nikki. Yes, and they uh, came out here, stayed overnight with us so that mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to drive right back. One of my, uh, and one of actually our favorite presenters, and I won't uh, mention his name because I don't want to steal his thunder, <laughs> but he talks about how some people come to events and they, they want to play with him because he's popular and famous. And right. he, he calls those people star fuckers. Right. Unfortunately for us, <laughs> Jody and Nikki were not star fuckers. And it would have been quite all right if they were, I suppose. I, uh, I could have put up with that. They were a couple of, both of them rather cute. Yes. <laughs> I got taught how to juggle. You did get taught how to juggle, which I is did. awesome. I I'm still practicing. Yes, continue to practice. Okay. Uh, and also last week was the big AIS rope intensive. Mm-hmm. And that was really... I learned a few things. You did. And I was really surprised how many people were there. They had at least 40 people there mm-hmm. tying each other up. So, and some were from St. Louis, and again, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and we were recognizing people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Loki and Grey Dancer did a wonderful mm-hmm. job of running everybody through the class. And as I've mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a rope newbie, so to speak. <laughs> I'm not that great with the stuff, but uh, I certainly found the group, the group very approachable and the class was, you know, very easy for me to handle. Mm-hmm. So there should be rope in our future. I should have taken pictures, though, of my practice session. You were trying to help me out, and I got to tie you up. But it kept falling off. (laughs) I couldn't get the rope to stay. It fell off. I think it was just a slave in me going, no, no. (laughs) I think it was my lack of boobs that prevented it from falling That is very true. (laughs) And then after that, you got to go to the after party. I did. That was awesome. That was the, the space they had set up for that was awesome. And I would say, and I'm totally guessing here because it was kind of dark and everything, but i say at least, I would say 100 people. Wow. So, I mean, there was a lot of people there. So we'll get Barrick and, and Sheba to give us a correct number. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. would be my guess off the top of my head. And they had the whole top floor of a local swing club. That was all set up and left over from the rope bondage class. There was um, little private rooms in the back um, because it is part of a swing club. Mm-hmm. And then there was an outside set up with the fire pit and more beds outside. And just it was it was really great. And everybody seemed to be having a good time. Yep. It's great to see that not only... Uh well, for a couple of different reasons that Adventures in Sexuality has such a great play space that they have now. Not only, and obviously they're a sponsor of the show, mm-hmm. but also they're our hometown dungeon, our, our hometown kink party. Right. So, uh, and I, I tell you, uh, if you've ever lived in a town where you don't have regularly scheduled play parties because there's no, no place for them mm-hmm. or simply because there's no, um, you know, nobody to hold them or nobody's got equipment... It's uh, it's a real drag, and we had we had a dry spell here in Ohio for a little while. But right, we used to have the public dungeons, and then they got closed down years back. God, what probably six years ago. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality. Uh-huh. Adventures in Sexuality is your Central Ohio kinky fun group. Uh-huh. Find out more about Adventures in Sexuality at adventuresinsexuality.org. <laughs> and I just thought that'd be a good spot to throw in the Adventures in Sexuality plug. Nice. And what else do we want to tell you about? Oh, you know, we had a, uh, a listener write in, uh, Danny Girl, and... Um, uh, she said that her favorite parts of the show are the parts that I always threaten to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she liked, also she liked hearing the, uh, the sounds of somebody getting flogged in the back of one of our interviews. And that would have been with Sarah with Sloan and Dark Mol- Odyssey and uh, Molina Williams. Yes. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, Danny Girl says she is from New Zealand and there's not a lot of BDSM community. So it's just fantastic to see that our community is bigger than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I seem to recall, and I'm probably going to feel silly for saying this. Okay. But I kind of seem to recall New Zealand's not too far from Australia. That's true. And I happen to know Lee Harrington <gasps> makes trips to Australia. Yes. So Danny Girl, there may be some kink a, a little closer than you think. And I know that it's still two different countries all together but still eh, right you know right. at least we're in the right at least we're in the right hemisphere exactly the only other thing i want to mention before we get into today's interview is that 
we happen to have some new pictures, promo type pictures of you and I, done by our good friend Carrie. Yes. And uh, wow. They are fabulous. They I, are. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carrie's the real deal. Carrie's a uh, uh, absolute professional. She brought us into her little studio and uh, took some wonderful pictures of us. And we will put those pictures up on our Erotic Awakening website so other people can see them as well. But I tell you, if you're looking for some fetish photography and you're here in the central Ohio area, mm-hmm. man, these things are great. I, I really recommend people go out there and check them out and take a look. It, it, yeah, I mean, we had a really hard time picking which ones that we wanted to use. And, you know, we, so now we have a little collection of them and we're still having a hard time picking which ones to use. They are all just so great. Mm-hmm. And uh, although we've known Carrie for many, many, many years mm-hmm. as, and as a submissive and a bottom, <laughs> uh, well, you put a, put a camera in her hand and she can be quite domineering. Yes, I loved her telling you, I'm in charge here. Yes, don't you fucking move. <laughs> don't waste this shot. She said that too. She did. <laughs> You know, Dom, people might want to get a hold of us sometimes. They might, especially with a question of the day. Perhaps, perhaps. (laughs) And there's a variety of ways they can do that. They can. So one of them is by email. It's dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. If you're into Twitter, you can follow us. Our Twitter handle is dananddawn. Or we can be found on Facebook under Erotic Awakening, one word. We can uh, be as close as Ma Bell with our voicemail, 206-309-0054. Or on FetLife, Erotic Awakening, two words. And if you don't like any of those, head on over to eroticawakening.com and leave uh, a comment on the Got Comments form. So, Dawn, today's we have both a conversation with Miss Kiki from the Leather Heart Foundation and Steve Linus, author of Life, Leather, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Yes. Which, by the way, is a fantastic book. And I know sometimes listeners write in and say, you guys, you're such homers when you uh, interview authors, mm-hmm. you know, sucking up to them. And, and that's true. You know what? And I took that, and I take that to heart. And in this case, well, we are homers. We actually yes. do. We love this book. I happened to hear about it from an interview on the uh, Ropecast and picked up the book and have not been able to put it down. So I was surprised because it was a paper book and you've been using your Kindle a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So, but um, we've been having to, uh, like we told Steve, we've been having to study up on our leather history, you know, with the contest coming up and was trying to find a way to do that. And this book has been perfect. Mm-hmm. It's really funny when we think about the leather community mm-hmm. and what that means. And, and we spoke with both Steve and Miss Kiki about that. And Miss Kiki was running an organization where they're really putting the community in leather community. I mean, they're, and as you'll hear in the interview, their mission is to help people that need help. Yes. Now, you and I happen to be, we will soon be attending the Ohio Valley Regional Leather Contest. And that's on July 30th and 31st. Mm-hmm. And as it happens, we have a spare ticket to the table that we'll be sitting at. Yes, we have a reserved table for four, and we've got three of us filling it up, so. So I was thinking, I don't know if I want to, maybe some kind of contest, we can give away this last ticket. Ooh. Or, I Is tell that you. that whole star fucker thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I had in mind. If you are a podcast listener and you want to go with us, you write. 
we'll give you the ticket. How's that? How's that for a contest? That, that works very well. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, this is going to be happening in Columbus, Ohio on June, I'm sorry, July, July. 30th and July 31st. It's uh, from 9 p.m. to midnight or so. Yeah, both nights. And um, if you want to go, give us a holler. That'd be fun. But that will be an opportunity for us to see a little bit of our local leather community. Yes. And it's very interesting when we think about the kink community, the pansexual community, the leather community, Mm -hmm. and how many people see these as separate communities. Now, we've talked in the past about how the swingers and the BDSMers are two separate communities. Right. Different protocols, different, yeah, just a different flavor. Mm -hmm. So you would think that, but you would think that the BDSM, the kink, and the pansexual community would be a single community. We are sitting here today with Miss Kiki, and Miss Kiki, we could interview you about all kinds of cool stuff, but today we want to talk to you about being the chairperson of the Leather Leather Heart Foundation. Thanks for coming on the show, Miss Kiki. Thanks for having me. I I really appreciate it. So what is the Leather Heart Foundation? Well, the Leather Heart Foundation is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, and it was created to provide assistance to people in our community or communities, the leather, BDSM, fetish, kink, uh, people of all sexual orientations in or not in all kinds of relationships in times of, of hardship. You know, a lot of things happen. Stuff happens. And so we just want to be an organization that's there to say, hey, you can come to us and we will help. So, well, I had not heard of the Leather Heart Foundation until a couple of weeks ago. Um, Someone else in the community that actually um, donates to your foundation was telling me about it. And I looked it up online and was really impressed with what I saw. So that was one of the reasons we had you come on. Um, How long have you guys been around? It's been a little over a year only. Okay. Okay. Actually. So that probably since explains. it was founded, yeah, because we hear a lot about like NCSF, but um, like I said, just hadn't heard of the Leather Heart Foundation. So we wanted to make sure to get the word out there. So and we have, yeah, we appreciate that. Well, it was founded uh, about a year ago, maybe a little more, uh, here in Philadelphia. But now we've been able to reach out first in in just our region, um, the 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 Mid Atlantic. And but now we've been able to reach out pretty much uh, across country nice. and help people and and every you know wherever. Right, I'm, I'm thinking word of mouth had a lot to do with that because that's how I found you. Yeah, word of mouth. Um, we have a lot of cards we put out, you know, everywhere. A great website and things like that. Word of mouth is is usually the best way, though I think in our community especially. Now, when you say you you help people out in. Uh... What, what does that mean? I mean, like, are you like the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom? You, you provide lawyers? Or, or what no. kind of help are you providing? No, we do not provide anything like that. We would provide financial assistance. Um, we're branching out in, into handling other things, for instance, you know, working as um, – a, a, a go-between between communities who want to raise money for something specifically if they want to engage us and have us help for that. But but up until now, we have um, – I can't specifically say because we do have confidentiality. Uh, but, for instance, if, if you were to lose your home for, for some reason, you would certainly want to call on us and uh, – 
we would help you. Uh, a person could, you know, have a hard time paying their insurance even for a year, or you could encounter legal difficulties. Basically, any hardship, um, we will help if it is a proven, verifiable hardship that meets the the, the criteria. It, it works for us. Okay. So that must be a little difficult, though. Is is uh, validating people's cry for help. <laughs> Have you found that to be an issue? You know, that's always a hard thing. Uh, if if you have to wonder or if you ever have to turn anything down, I, I imagine we would all have a really hard time with that. I'm not saying we have or have not, right. but we're here to help people. So, you know, the thought of having to say no to someone who's asking for help is, is terrible. We have not had... I, I, I can say that the requests have not been excessive. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> anything else. Let me, well, let me uh, ask you then. That, so if uh, you, you'd mentioned if uh, I was having trouble paying my insurance or might be losing my house, um, if just paying if I had trouble paying some medical bills and or if I needed my car to get to work and my engine blew up. Is it just enough to have some kind of hardship and be a member of the kink community to approach you? Or are you looking for just specific members of a specific kink community? Oh, it just, it's enough to be a member of the kink community. The, the whole thing. I mean, that, that's why we're here because there's really no one who does that for us. I mean, um, this specifically that I can think of. I, wow, I, having said that, I'm probably wrong. Um, um, I don't know of anybody else. <laughs> beat me. Oh, please take that out, you know, edit that out because I'm sure there is someone else. But uh, yeah, it, it does not matter to us what, you know, the master slave community, the kink community. We don't care. It doesn't matter. If you really are one of us, you really are one of us. That's that yeah. about that. Yeah. How did it get started? Who was the, the, you know, did somebody just sit around and say, gee, it looks like Joe there could use a couple bucks to buy some groceries. Is there anyone in our community that can help with that? Or I got to tell you, I, I wasn't here for that. But from what I know, and he will never admit this, a wonderful guy by the name of Skinny Nick, who thankfully <laughs> is into humiliation a little bit because he's just a great guy and and everyone will tell you that he pretty much founded the Leather Heart Foundation. And he, he's just very intelligent, and he looked around and saw that there was a need, uh, I feel, and said, you know what? I think that, that we can do that as a community. We do this. We do that. We organize for whatever, whatever, this contest, this event. We can organize to help people, and we can, and we have, and, and he is passionate, and, and that makes me passionate, and I just feel really privileged to be a part of this this organization. Well, I think you would have to have a passion to, to be able to do this. So, um, and by the way, skinny Nick is the one that recommended that we interview you. Uh, He puts (laughs) everything off on me. (laughs) So, um, one question I have is, is, um, and we are going to get to the donation part, but when people donate money, how much of that goes back to the community to help the community out? Well, to all of it, goes back to help the community out um i you know i'm not the the treasurer but 
I, the legal thing to say would be that the net proceeds, you know, I'm sure anything minus basic expenses. And, um, and those are pretty low cause, uh, we, we keep a very low overhead, our, our web site, things are donated. So, mm-hmm. you know, just for legal reasons, I don't want to say every single penny goes <laughs> back to the community because, you know, we bought a piece of paper somewhere down the line. Right, <laughs> right. But but really, that's that's all. Uh, and we we do have uh, the accountability for this organization is incredible. There are no no financial secrets that I, you know beyond what is legal and binding and has to be kept a secret. Right. And uh, so uh, people who ever have any concerns are certainly able to inquire and get more specific answers to any financial questions that they they have. Oh, very cool. Well, I got I got one more question for you, if you don't mind. Not at all. How do people get involved? How can we donate money? How can we? What is? How can we help? <laughs> well, um, obviously, if, if you're hearing this, you're you're probably online. So uh, the easiest way is to go to leatherheart.org, uh, which is just all one word, leatherheart.org. Uh, to our website where you can join, you can contact us, you can contact any one of us at uh, Leatherheart. Uh, I have an email address there as well. And you can, can donate through the site. You can donate items to be auctioned at, at various auctions. We, we all attend a lot of events, and uh, so we make sure LHF is well represented at those events, and, and we're a part of auctions, etc. And uh, you can become a member for $20. You can become a voting member of the Leatherheart Foundation. And uh, you can – really, I could go on and on. <laughs> you don't want that. But it, it Grab sounds like us. heading over to leatherheart.org is the way to get started. It's a great way to get started. Uh, you know, if you're online, if you're not, wow, I, I don't know. So, <laughs> There's well. – we have sent in our twenty dollars. So, well, actually, I sent in twenty for each of us. Ha ha. So uh, <laughs> that way, we right? Can, you know, and um, it looks like you put people's names online too that have the ones that want to be mentioned as being donors or sponsors or things like that. So, right, our thank you cool. page. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a lot of businesses who who have helped us, um, and so we do like to to recognize them and. Uh, it's a, it's incredible when you look at our thank you page, just the way a community will pull together and, and help people out and donate to an organization like that. So, yeah, all the people on, on the thank you page have donated to and are supporters of, and we thank them all. Thank you so much. And we thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. you. You're the guy. Thank you for your membership. Thank you for, for this, for this work. You know, this is a great advertisement for us, and so we appreciate that. Well, and it's it's important to us. I mean, we do do we do an episode of the podcast on blowjobs. We do episodes on BDSM, on master slave relationships, swinging, on swinging, <laughs> on all kinds of fun stuff. And it's important Excellent. to us to do episodes that also reflect conversations like the like the three of us are having right now. That as a community, how we come together as more than just for slap and tickle, but for actually supporting each other's livelihood. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, sort of touching on, on something you asked before about, you know, can you be anyone in any key community? Uh, I think that, that that is another way that we don't all have to have the same flag or the same kink or the same relationship, but we can sit down at the table when it's important. You know, 
We can break bread when it's important. We can help each other out when it's important, regardless of if you're master slave, if you're, like you said, slap and tickle. At the end of the day, we're all outside of the norm in most people's eyes. And who's going to come helping us? So we have to think about that. Another thing, in case it, I, I'm gonna, I've got to get this plug in quickly. In case anybody is ever concerned about, oh my gosh, well I'm in the closet. I wouldn't want, you know, it, it to be known that Leather Heart Foundation helped me. Uh, your your debtors, creditor, whatever, wouldn't necessarily know that. That's that's pretty confidential as well. Excellent. Very cool. So I like that idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Miss Kiki, thank you very much for sitting and chatting with us for a little bit today. Very much appreciate it. And uh, we hope that a lot of people hear this and uh, head over to leatherheart, leatherheart.org and, um, and support the community. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Now I'm going to go find some of that old podcast equipment and send it over to be auctioned off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we're sitting here with Steve Lenius, author of Life, Leather, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Steve, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for I having me. I, I, I heard you interviewed on Great Answers Ropecast, and um, he was just so enthusiastic about this book, and I was like, oh, I don't really need to read another leather book, but picked it up, leafed through it, and ended up, um, and I have to say, this has just been a wonderful experience for me reading this book. There's some of the leather books out there that I've read where it doesn't really, it feels like it's talking about a different group of people with a different culture that I can't really relate to. And even though that I don't have the same background you do, this book is very appealing and it's very open and it's very much about, it gives you a sense of us. So I just want to start off by doing my little uh, fanboy bit and get yeah. that out of the way. So, and, I, and I've got a little fangirl bit because um, we've been trying to read up on leather history and I found the timelines. And I've been trying to read the timelines to get a feel for leather history, but it wasn't really coming across to me. I was kind of getting a feeling. And then Dan got this book and showed me this book and I'm getting it. It's just Good. awesome. So what was your intention in writing this book? Uh, not, obviously not to get on our little podcast or to make Dan and Dawn happy, but but every, a lot of stuff in here is, is captured from articles that you've written over the last 15 years. What was your right. intent in putting this in a book format? I, I, I wanted them to be kind of in a more permanent form. You know, you, you write, I write a column, it appears in the magazine, it's on the stands and on the web for two weeks, and then it just kind of disappears. And I tried to archive them on a website, and I'm just not that—I'm not that good of a webmaster, I guess. So it just got got away from me. So this is a way of having them out there in a permanent form that's not going to go anywhere, and you know, for generations yet to come, they'll be able to see what I've written. Okay, makes sense. I love it, and I love how you've got it grouped together in different subjects you know, subject matters, you know, even though you've written it across the years. So that was the odd thing, the, the wonderful thing about finding this. You know, I have 15 years' worth of columns, and there's a new column every two weeks. So 
that's a lot of columns. And it was kind of daunting to try and dig through them and decide which ones should go in the book and which ones won't fit. And I think this is like the fifth selection and arrangement of the columns, but this one finally worked. The other four didn't. But this, it's like throwing all the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle up in the air four times and then they come down in a heap, but the fifth time you throw them up in the air, it all comes down and all the pieces fit. It was just amazing and, and wonderful to see. It was interesting because they were written all as separate pieces, and yet they all fit together, and it presents you know, one pretty much seamless picture of the history and culture of the community, mm-hmm. which now, I was when, very when talk, pleased when it came out that way. Great. When you, now, when you talk about the community, we're not talking necessarily about the, uh, the gay community or the kink community, but specifically about the leather community, right? We are, I'm, when I started writing the column in 1995, I was targeting gay leathermen and you know leather lesbians also. And within about two years, I had met people from the you know heterosexual community, the pansexual community. I'd met bisexuals and trans people, and I refocused my column to address everybody because I thought this is you know there's a lot of people out there. It's a big community. Everybody says, you know, every title contest that's held. People get up on stage and they say, if, if I get this title, I will do my best to bring the community together. And I, I think for 15 years that's what I've been working on. You know, I've tried to address everybody and find the commonality between all the various sub-communities. There, there's one whole chapter in the book about all the various sub-communities. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we, we've, we're, we're all in this together. We've all got vested interests in all of this, you know, politically and socially, we're much better together than we are kind of separated in our own little ghettos. We've got much more power and, you know, it's just, it's just much richer knowing people who may not happen to be in your particular, particular tribe, but they're still part of the extended family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's what I, tr- that's one of the reasons that I wanted to get this book out because people have told me for the last 15 years that I've been, good at kind of introducing elements of the community to other elements of the community and kind of getting people to see we're, you know, we've all got something in common. We're more alike than different. Very cool. And and one of the things that you mentioned in your book, and I don't know if it's your word or a word you borrowed, but when you talk about it, it really struck a chord with me, was leather phobia. Can you share a little bit about that? Um, There are... My column appears in a general interest GLBT, Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender magazine. It's not in a leather community publication. So I have to target a general interest audience, too. I have to make leather, BDSM, fetish accessible to them, you know, for people who are interested in reading about it. There are people in the leather community or the GLBT community who think that leather people are you know, they're sick, they're an embarrassment, we just wish they'd go away. Every time there's a gay pride parade, the, ca- the, re- the religious rights cameras always turn on when the leather people go by and when the drag queens go by. And <laughs> so that's what gets featured in the religious rights films. That's what they use to rally their base. There are a lot of GLBT leaders who wish we would go away. 
But so that's one kind of leather phobia. But even within our own community, there's you know men who don't want to associate with women, uh, heterosexuals who don't want to have gay people around, gay people who don't want to have heterosexuals around. Um, you know all kinds of things. There's all of this warfare between members of the group, and I tried to make the point that you know if if we don't want to be discriminated against by the outside, you know by people outside our community, we shouldn't discriminate against people within our own community. And, and you did talk a lot about that, and you talk about the um, your and, and I, I don't remember the acronym because it's like an eight-letter acronym, but your kink's your kink okay. Your kink is not okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Y K I N O K. Your kink is not okay. Right, and and we we do see that. We see, you know, some people that are heavily into bull whips, and they look at the pony players, go, oh boy, those guys are weird. Uh-huh. Or um, and it, and it is an unfortunate situation where we're divide ourselves into smaller and smaller subgroups. It seems like. Yeah. I, you know, you have the spankers, and then you have the over-the-knee spankers. You know, they just kind of break it all mm-hmm. down until there's only, like, one person left in each subgroup. <laughs> yeah. It, I, it, what, what I say in the book is a better acronym is your kink is not my kink. You know, that's Ooh, no judgment on the kink itself. It's just, well, this is not my taste, but if it's your taste, you know, go 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 for it. Right. Exactly. Do you think the... You're seeing more, and just to be, you know, clear, when I first got started in the lifestyle, what was, it was impressed to me that leather groups were primarily for gay males, and they let some females in, but, but hetero-Caucasian couples like Dawn and I, really that wasn't the right place for us. And I think we were led down a poor path there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But do you feel that maybe there's some elitism within the leather lifestyle against kinksters or uh, people that haven't had a, as difficult a time perhaps being accepted? There, there is some elitism, yes. There's less than there used to be, but there still is some. And, again, one of the things that I hope my book will accomplish is to kind of lessen that i don't know that it can eliminate it altogether but at least there can be some understanding you know that that this just because someone didn't come to this the way you came to it does not necessarily mean that their experience is any less valid or that they're any less a part of the community or have any less right to be here than than you do right now we hear a lot about that about this leather community so what is the leather community does that imply that we're friends in need when we we have problems. The people help, come help you move, or that's, that's sure been my experience. You know, it's yes, it's it's all of those. First of all, I should say leather has become a shorthand word for a whole lot of things. You know, leather BDSM, which itself is a shorthand for a whole lot of things, and then fetish and kink. All of that stuff comes under the umbrella term leather, and leather kind of got adopted because it was kind of there at kind of at the beginning but leather does not mean just leather nowadays leather means a whole range of alternative sexual interests and activities that the vanilla community 
either doesn't understand or actively looks down on. And when I say community, yes, it, it is very much, yeah, if you need help moving, you know, you put out a message on the list server on FetLife or something, and people will show up to help you move. If if you're you need a ride to chemotherapy, you know, someone will come forward and give you a ride to chemotherapy if that's what you need. It it really is we're we're kinda there for each other. That that has certainly been my experience in my time in the community. One of the things that I like about the community and I know there's exceptions to everything, but um, one of the things I like is the whole concept of integrity and respect and growth and all that yeah. type of stuff. It, it seems yeah. to be a theme. And like I said, I know there's exceptions, but it seems to be a theme which makes it a, a powerful community. Yes. And and so, there are there are good reasons why those are so woven into the fabric of the community. What we do is pretty extreme, and if you don't have integrity, if you don't have honesty, if you don't have good communication skills, if you don't, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say, somebody's going to get hurt. And right. We don't want people to get hurt in a bad way. You know, we we don't want people being damaged because then the community is going to wither and die. You know, nobody's going to want to do this. It's not going to be safe to do this. The only way it is safe to do this is if we put a high priority on integrity and communication and trust and honesty and negotiations and all of this stuff. That's what makes this possible. So you get all that stuff, plus you're allowed to show your authentic self and be accepted. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You know, and there are... And those skills that you learn, before I came into this community, I really didn't understand what a lot of these terms meant. You know, I had never gotten that in the rest of my life. It was really this community that, to a great extent, showed me how these things work. But now that I have them, now that I know how it works, I don't just have to, you know, I, I don't just have the benefits of that when I'm interacting with this community. I can take that outside and I can apply it to all areas of my life and I can amaze other people like you know where did he learn how to how to communicate like that or you know people people see that I'm a trustworthy person with integrity and that I'm real and even if they're not in the leather community that still comes through Absolutely. you know it, it has benefits outside the dungeon as I say in the book right right would you say then, you know, it's funny when we talk about the leather community and the, the experience, we talk about respect and uh, dignity and all that kind of stuff, but is it fun? Are you having fun being part of the leather, the leather crowd? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be here after, well, I've been in the community for 16 years, since 1993, 17 years. I mean, I still wouldn't be here if it wasn't fun. And And I hope that that fun comes through in my book. You know, there's... I think there's a fair amount of humor in the book. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. There certainly is. Um, back in 2005, speaking of one of the things that I found humorous because it, it stepped on my toes, you introduced the the leather personality type. And yes. um, I, I'm kind of stuck between being a goddamned independent and being a master. 
on here, but I fit in some other spots as well. Has that caught on at all? Does that what? Has the letter personality type, has that caught on with other groups, and do they talk about it? And do people no, come up to you and say, oh, I'm an LPT3? No, unfortunately it has not. I, I didn't really expect it to. That that wasn't why I wrote it. Uh, but but it, I will but say I that like that's... When I will say when I do readings, that's one that people have requested that I do because it resonates with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. it, it really is a good shorthand for exactly what the community is about and kind of the various facets and personalities that you find in the community. Though I, I was, um, <laughs> I saw that you had Super Slave, which is yeah. probably dances I fit in that one, but you don't have Super Master. <laughs> Well, I, I kind of like being a goddamn independent. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. I so mean, masters are by definition super. Oh, well, there you go. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you, you, you've just got so much in the book. You've got uh, stuff about title runs and about club runs and about IML and the Zen of Hankies is one of my favorite spots and what the next generation of leather is going to be like. You touch on BDSM. You touch on uh, uh, baby showers in the middle of leather uh, bars uh, <laughs> about leather women and, and married life and we're just there's all kinds of wonderful stuff in here what's next for you um, how do you follow next? up with something like this the, you will know, one of the things that has been a feature of my column over the 50, over the last 15 years has been the interviews that I have done with really a very diverse group of people from the community you will notice that none of those interviews are in the book because I'm saving them. Oh, that will be the right. second book. So the well, second I, book, I the work... What? I was just going to say, I noticed that you mentioned that you had interviews with certain people, but right, there's no interviews in there. Right. That They're being saved for the second book, which I will start working on in January. I just want to get this book going, and then come next January after the holidays, I will start putting together the interviews that I have done over the years. The working title of the book is Leather Lives. Oh. And it, Very cool. I, I have like 26 or 27 or 28 interviews. And wow. I've run, most of them have appeared in the magazine, but only like 750 or 1,000 words. Some of them I split up into multi parts, you know, multiple parts, so mm -hmm. that I could run more of the interview. But this book will be the first time that a really full-length interview with these people has been presented. And Very cool. every one of them has a, you know, a fascinating and wonderful story to tell. Oh, I imagine. I've, 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 had, the, I've had the distinct pleasure of interviewing some really wonderful, interesting people. And I think it will make a good book. And again, I hope it becomes I hope that Life Leather and the Pursuit of Happiness becomes kind of one of the standard titles for for leather literature. And I hope that Leather Lives or whatever it winds up being called, I hope that also becomes one. Well I'll be surprised if it doesn't. As you said, the, the name of the book is Life Leather and the Pursuit of Happiness. Where can people find this book? Uh you can go to lifeleatherpursuit.com. You can read excerpts there. You can order it there. You can find it on Amazon.com, where they have a really big look inside the book. You can right. order it order it at your favorite bookseller. 
that uh, it was set up to be available for ordering by bookstores. I had some have some people have tried it, and it's evidently not made its way through the book ordering computer system yet. But any day now, okay. that should be there. So okay. people can, if they don't want to order it online, they can go to a bookstore and order it. Very cool. Steve, it has been a real pleasure to talk. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm working on getting it in more retail outlets. I'm trying to get it in some of the more famous ones, but haven't gotten them there, gotten it there so far. I'm still working on that. Well, it needs to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you tonight. We very much appreciate it. Again, the name of the book is Life, Leather, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And uh, we hope uh, to see uh, life interviews or whatever, leather interviews, whatever you end up with a title. We hope to see that coming out soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Coming up next week, Pony Play. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. I was going to win, but I was afraid it was going to sound silly, and then you were going to keep it in. Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.